the first failure to offer him food was when he arrived at the hospital on the 23rd to the time when he got admitted to Ward 23 on the 24th around midnight when he started to have food the following day and he declared to everybody that he has finally eaten at Tembisa Hospital and that time he was in Ward 23. The second uh, 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 time frame was when he was sedated, he was on mechanical ventilation and nobody uh, inserted a nasogastric tube and this started on the 27th from 1 o'clock he was never fed until he died. So that's the 57 hours and 30 minutes. That's really the main finding on the food. The second finding deals with the medical care. Uh, the medical care that was rendered to Mr. Letole was categorized as substandard by almost every uh, witness that we interviewed. But it has lots of elements of medical negligence that were found by the health ombud. Mr. Litole's mortality was both avoidable and preventable because he was a young man at 34 with no comorbidities. The third finding deals with the clinical records. Uh, really, these were dis described as defective. They were described as appalling. They had lots of fal falsified uh, uh, descriptions. Some days were missing uh, records. Some were untimed, unsigned, illegible, and the records were, of the doctors were missing from the 23rd, 25th, 28th, 29th, and 30th. Let me make one point clear. I'm talking about doctor's notes, not clinical notes. Uh, and I, I specifically want to say this. Mr. Letole died on the 29th, and I say there were no doctor's notes on the 30th. Why would I do that? because he was certified dead on the 30th. And when you certify a patient, you have to examine the patient, you have to put it in the clinical records, and that's why the date of the 30th uh, was, was there and there were no notes that were available. Of course, the diagnostic test showed that he had the above test, the x-rays, the ECG, the COVID test on the 23rd when he arrived in the evening. These tests that were done on the 23rd were never seen, they were never reviewed by the medical uh, team, they were not commented upon until he died. And the tests on the 23rd when he arrived showed that Mr. Letole had severe pneumonia in his chest secret, he had stage 4 renal failure because of his cellular filtration rate was very low, he had grossly deranged liver function tests, he had elevated muscle enzymes, he had elevated uh, systemic inflammatory markers, and his SARS-CoV test was positive, and all these results were never evaluated and commented upon by the medical team that looked at him until towards his dying days. However, here was uh, an interesting one. After I finished my investigation, uh, the CEO wanted us to go to patients that have been admitted allegedly with Mr. Litole to bring some evidence that actually Mr. Litole ate at Tempisa Hospital. They gave us about uh, five of these uh, affidavits. I've just chosen one, but in the annexures I've put three of them. Here was one person who signed an affidavit. I just wanted to show it there uh, for the audience and the public. In this affidavit that was submitted by Ms. Magagula, she attested that 
She did not get any food on the 23rd and the 24th at Tembisa Hospital. And that their food services was very poor. And actually she lost the baby. And her affidavit was really not related to Mr. Letole or casualty uh, uh, isolation. But she instead illuminated a situation that Mr. Letole has spoken about, that the situation was unbearable and they didn't seem to care. That's what she said in that affidavit, if you read it, but I'm not going to read it here. Here is the classic one. This is my favorite slide. This is supposed to show us the journey of Mr. Letole. That starts at the extreme left at the top, where he arrives at the gate, and then he gets triaged, and then he gets admitted, or he gets, uh, he gets received into the admission area or, or the isolation area. And then he stays there uh, from the 23rd, and then on the 27th, he gets intubated. Now, anybody who is an investigator or a detective will realize that Mr. Litoli's journey started on the 23rd, which is accurate, but it ended up on the 1st when his body was taken out of the hospital, not on the 27th when he was intubated. So between the 27th and the time of his death, Mr. Letole was to be fed, but the hospital withholds that information from the public. It's as if the journey ended on the 27th, but they don't want to talk about the 27th, 28th, and 29th when he was alive. They would have demonstrated that they didn't give him food like they've shown there, that uh, between the time when he was in Ward 23 and intubated, he received food, but after that, he was still in Ward 23 until he died. He was supposed to receive food. He never re received food. So the hospital is smart enough to withhold information. The first, the first thing that I want to illustrate is that Mr. Litoli arrived at the gate at uh, Tembisa Hospital around 10.30, not 14.42 in the afternoon. Mr. Letole was triaged around 11.18 by a nurse, and then uh, 11.28 or 11.38 by a doctor. So the first part of that journey is inaccurate. But this is from the hospital management that has got the records, the clinical records, and they should be able to map that kind of journey. They then make a statement and this is a contradiction in their own say. They say that Mr. Letole was not admitted, so they were not responsible for his feeding. It was the family's responsibility. But in their own journey, they tell the public that he was fed on those days. So on the one hand, he was not admitted, he was not supposed to be fed because they can't provide the evidence for feeding. But when they project themselves and write a report to the former MEC and to myself, they projected as if this man had received food on the 23rd and 24th. Uh, Mr. Letole's tweet, the one that came out on the, on the 25th at 2031, was just the tip of an iceberg. But what is important is that it was authentic, it was truthful, and really I think it meant what it said. I've made 11 recommendations. I'm going to just list three. The first recommendation is I'm asking the Honorable MEC, Dr. Mukheti, to appoint an independent audit process to really conduct a competency and fit for purpose assessment of 
the leadership and management staff at Tembisa Hospital. I want this uh, uh, team or, or forensic uh, structure to review and revise the hospital admission uh, policies and processes. I want them to review the corporate governance structure at the hospital so that it is in line with Team 4 uh, corporate uh, governance principle. And I also want them to conduct an appropriate climate survey assessment of staff and patients. I say this because during the course of our investigation, we found that the nurses and the doctors did not work together. There was no team spirit. The nurses between the nurses were not also working together. The doctors between the doctors were not working together. So it was almost just like a, like a zoo of people that are supposed to look after patients. And then I make uh, the following uh, uh, further recommendation that in the light of this wide-ranging uh, findings that I've uh, spoken about of the food, the medical care, the, the tests, and uh, the, 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 the SARS-CoV tests and others, uh, and the, the clinical records of the hospital, I make a recommendation that really the accounting officer has to be taken to a disciplinary process uh, uh, for, for really running the state of affairs that is almost uh, uh, as it was. Uh, he, he really sidelined, I think, uh, proper processes. He sent me and uh, 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 Dr. Bandile Masuku the wrong information that he signed for. There were notes that, as I say, of doctors that were missing that he never reported and never alerted us to them. And uh, I think that should have been a courtesy, something at least to say, I'm sending you this, but there are these defectives, and he never did that. So I think on the basis of that and many others that uh, I think when you read the full report you'll find, I think we believe that he should undergo a disciplinary process by the appropriate processes and not through my offices. We also believe that uh, uh, the Houting Department of Health and Tembisa Hospital should uh, uh, undertake disciplinary process against 19 staff members that you can characterize them as medical doctors, uh, people that are in charge of food and the nursing staff. They are all listed, I think, in my report. And uh, I think it would be useful, I think, when you, you read the report in the media brief, I think they are all there. 19 staff members have to undergo discipline for, for whatever they have done. I am aware that some of them have already apologized but uh, as the person who made the findings, I'm not the right person to judge whether their apologies are what I should consider. I think it should be done by a separate process. I think that's one of the beauties of the South African constitution is that we all share the burden and, and become independent. I think finally, I want to, to, to make two points. Tembisa Hospital, is classified as a tertiary level hospital. I believe it should not, it doesn't fit that level, it should be reviewed. I also don't think that the hospital was ready for the COVID uh, hospital, despite the fact that when Mr. Litole was admitted, we were already three months into the, into the pandemic, and there had already been several warnings about what to do in this pandemic.